Hey, welcome to episode 59 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how a lozenge changed somebody's life. And I'm Ethan, and I'm going to be talking about helpfulness. That's it. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Thank you for taking the time, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you being on. It's going to be a, a good time digging into this on-brand series. Right. Tell me about just kind of, let's start with just the series. Yeah. How, what's kind of stood out to you with the series? What's been, you know, beneficial about it? No, I love All those kind of things. I love the idea of really trying to show this, our congregation, just our our mission statement and our, and who we are yeah. as a church and, and what we value as a church. And so I'm excited to continue to, I mean, I love truthfulness. Yeah. I, was, I thought that was great. Yeah. You know, and in helpfulness as well. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, to see how we're going to grow in, in knowing these concepts and these ideas. Yeah. So. There's something to be said for just kind of coming back to the basics, yeah. right? Like right, just exactly. like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta kind of start at the foundation if we're going to build outwards. You know, I remember, um, coming out of the, it feels like, man, an eternity ago at this point, Ethan, but I remember coming out of the pandemic, we were doing this rebuilding series with Nehemiah. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That feels yeah. like forever ago. Yeah. And, I remember um, Jose Sanchez yeah. speaking at one of them. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember exactly. which one, but yeah, it was a long time it ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing this rebuilding series and this feels like a really... I don't know, almost like a hopeful rebuilding series. Like it's rebuilding Mm -hmm. 2.0, but it's kind of focusing, it's focusing a little bit more on the application or a little bit more on us as Mm -hmm. a church. Let's come back to the basics as we um, rebuild. And the cool thing is we're not even rebranding. That's what's so cool about it. This is just who we have been Mm -hmm. and we're revisiting it so that we rebuild off of who we're going to continue to be, which is who we've been. Like exactly. That's a, that's such a huge win. I mean, and I can't really stress enough. You don't really go through senior pastor transitions in churches where things don't change at the core of who you are as a church like this. This is crazy that it's like, no, I love who we are. Right. We're going to keep being who we are Mm -hmm. and um, we're going to stay bought in on that. So I think that's just a huge encouragement to our, uh, church to our family, our church family, and um, I think it's going to be a really fun um, fruit to see come out right. of this series into the fall. Exactly. So um, let's dig into this concept of helpful, though, right? Yeah. We've got mm-hmm. truthful, helpful, spoiler alerts for the rest. No, we're not going to do it. You're just truthful and helpful. That's all, the, that's all they know. That's, that's all, all they that's know all so know. far. There's yeah. two more, though. Hopefully. Ooh, yeah. two more. We'll get there soon. We'll get there. Yeah, stay oh, tuned. We'll um, so helpful. We started just like we did with truthful, mm-hmm. with looking at this through the nature of God. Now you say God is truth. Okay, I I can track with you on that. That feels like yeah. we're there. But then God is helpful. That might be you might be like yeah, like I guess. <laughs> like it's not generally when right. you were, if you were to like list off a bunch of things about the character of God. I don't know if helpful would come up, you know. But it is a part of the character of mm-hmm. God. Kind of frame that for me a little bit in the character of God. What does it look like for God yeah. to be helpful? No, I think I think it's really fascinating that we do not think of the word helpful when we think of God. Yeah. We think of truthfulness. We think of justice. We think of all these different attributes of God, but we don't think of helpful. 
And it's actually a, a trait that we possess because we can be helpful as well. Yeah. Right. So it is a pos- it is a trait of God, right? And I think the Holy Spirit is the primary example of mm. that. I mean, Jesus tells us that I must go because you need a helper. Yeah. Right? And so, I mean, that's a huge, huge thing that that tells us God's word tells us that He is helpful. I mean, now I thought what Todd shared was awesome. Psalms forty six one, you know. Um, just basically saying that he is our strength. He is yeah. ever present, uh, an ever present help to us in our yeah. troubles. Yeah. You know, I, I just love that. I, I love the the word tells us he is helpful. So God is telling us he's helpful. Yeah. Right? So if God is telling us he's helpful and God is truthful, what we just talked about, then God is helpful. Yeah. Right? And <clears throat> I think, you know, going even into our present life, thinking of our, our own lives and our walk with, with Christ. Obviously, at the end of the day, it was God who really gave us the faith uh, for us to be faithful to Him. Yeah. Right? And that's God being helpful to us. Yeah. And I, I think of my life and all the different circumstances that I've had and I've, and I've faced through my life, and, and God has been there always. He's always been helpful for us. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because, you know, and I think what Pastor Todd highlighted well this weekend was maybe one of the reasons that we have a hard time with seeing God or talking about God being helpful in mm-hmm. his character, even though it's so clear throughout all of scripture. Right. I think one of the reasons we have a hard time with it is because it's such a, a punitive term in yeah. our in our kind of world. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, to help somebody means that you are lesser, right? So it's yeah. like, well, that feels backwards to say mm-hmm. that God helps us. Like, if anything, we help God, but then it's like, no, that's not true because right. God needs no help, right? So, but we feel like if we're the lesser in the party, if we're the lesser in the relationship, we should be the one offering the help because help is something that somebody who's lesser right, offers exactly. in our context. Yeah. But um, man, the biblical kind of understanding of help is is br- coming along in aid to bring to fruition something that couldn't happen otherwise, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and so then I start looking at the Old Testament and I start thinking about all of the ways that the God of Israel shows up to help Israel. Oh yeah, right. Absolutely. You think about the Exodus. Mm-hmm. You think about crossing the Red Sea. You think about manna from heaven. You think about all of these different ways that he sustains and helps this group of people that should otherwise be dead or enslaved in Egypt mm-hmm. or whatever. Things that they could not accomplish on their own accomplished because of the help of God. It's not a punitive term. Mm -hmm. Even the um, great example of Adam and Eve, which um, I thought was a cool kind of relevant um, rabbit trail that we took in the message this weekend. When Eve is established as the helper to Adam, the um, one of the things that we don't really take stock of often because we talk about a garden, right? So everybody thinks yeah. about the garden in their backyard and they're like, it's not really that hard to take care of a garden. Like Adam could have had that on lock. The dimensions that the Bible gives us for the Garden of Eden is like the size of a national park. I mean, it is gigantic. Right. So when God gives Adam a helper, that's a task he literally cannot accomplish alone. Mm-hmm. He needs Eve to be able to care for the entire garden because it's gigantic and the sheer scope of it can't be accomplished alone, which is why he needs help. That's why he needs that helper, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not this, uh, in, in scripture, it's not this punitive term, it's not this um, diminishing term, but it's actually a term to acknowledge, man, this could not happen apart from God's help. This could not happen apart from, and then you get to our salvation, right? Like it's weird to think of because there's such a dependence of us upon God. It's weird to think of that concept as help because that's like need. 
but that's right. the thing. Help meets needs, help right? Like that's, needs, exactly. that's the nature of help. Uh-huh. So even what Jesus has accomplished on the cross is help in the sense that it offers us rescue that could not be accomplished yeah. on its own. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely true. You know, I, uh, right now we're looking at, with our students, we're doing Jonah, Yeah. you know, and you see God provide a fish. Mm. Like, I think, I think that's an awesome statement that God provides the fish. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not even, it's not even God punishing Jonah. He's providing this fish to correct Jonah in his disobedience. Yeah. You know, it's and so help. God, it's help. Exactly. And so it's a beautiful, that's even that is just a beautiful picture of God's helpfulness. I mean, you, like you said, Old Testament, God has shown how helpful he is all the time fighting wars for Israel, yeah, doing all these different things throughout the whole Testament. He's always helpful. And then you get the New Testament, and obviously Christ, the, the atonement itself, yeah. is the greatest act of helpfulness because we we are dead in our transgressions. We are dead in our sin. Yeah. And so it's the greatest moment of helpfulness. And I loved, mm-hmm. I loved what Pastor Todd did as he kind of focused in on the character of Jesus as right. well, right? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. we've got, this is in the character of all members of the Trinity. You've got, you see it in the Father through his relationship to mm-hmm. Israel. You see it in Jesus. You see it in the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is always, we always come back to Jesus because Jesus is the Father seen. It's, if you've seen Jesus, if you've seen the Son, you've right. seen the you've Father, seen the Father right? right? Like that's our connection to exactly. understand the greater picture of who God is. And man, in the character of Jesus, what I loved, a a quote that stood out to me is, Jesus didn't just go around dropping truth bombs on everybody, Mm -hmm. but he helped people. He healed the sick. Yeah. Right, like he he um, he brought healing to those who were lame and blind. Right, like he offers this help. He restores people who wouldn't otherwise be restored. Right, like you see all of these things that he does as he offers help. Why do you think Jesus doesn't just go around telling people what's true, but he actually offers help as well? Exactly right. Why why would he just go around giving them truth if he doesn't offer help? Yeah, because they're it's helpless. Like truth without help, truth without grace, truth without mercy is meaningless, right? Not, yeah. not I mean, it's it's powerful, it's, but it's meaningless to us because we are in a state of need. And if we just have truth, if we just have justice, it's like sharing sharing truth without sharing the gospel, right? If you share the truth, hey, saying, you know, you, you, you are sinful and your sin condemns you before a righteous God. You are sinful and sin because we've sinned for all have sinned all fall short of the glory of god you know um the wages of sin is death romans 6 23 if we just give truth without presenting the gospel yeah right there's no hope right there's no hope there's no there's no there's need for truth right but truth without help it's meaning everything's meaningless yeah right it's all vanity yeah. right but we need we need help right and, yeah and i think that is why jesus comes and gives hope, gives help, not just truth. Yeah. He gives truth. Yeah. He absolutely shares truth always. Yeah. But he always he gives to their physical needs. He takes care of their physical needs to help them understand that there is something greater going on that they need their spiritual needs taken care of. Yeah. You no, know, and obviously he does that through the atonement. Yeah. 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 There's there's something really interesting about even as you're talking, I'm thinking about, okay, the law. Right. The law in the Old Testament, that's that's truth in a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? That's truth apart from help, right? It's mm-hmm. this is what you've got to do, stick to it. Mm-hmm. And then the New Testament tells us that the law was actually just great for exposing sin and exposing sin, showing exactly. us how right. jacked uh-huh. up we were, right? Yeah, so absolutely. that's what the law does is it shows us, man, I'm jacked up. 
But then Jesus comes along, and this is what's different with Jesus. This is what changes in the new covenant, is that law written on tablets of stone versus law written on the hearts of men, Mm -hmm. right? And so now we're moving from the law being written on these tablets of stone, just the truth, to I'm actually helping you, the Holy Spirit is helping you apply Mm -hmm. these things in your life, life, right? right. So even as you think forward into the new covenant, the Holy Spirit as helper, man, that is a whole different ballgame from Mm -hmm. uh, what was initially experienced with the law in the Old Testament, where it was, this is the truth, but now here I am helping you apply the truth. Yeah. And then Jesus, his help is um, so interesting because he he could have just gone around telling people, this is what's true. This is what's up. I'm about to die for everybody. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. He says that a ton, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so he could have just gone around doing that, but no, Jesus heals people. Um, Jesus performs miracles. Jesus feeds people miraculously, Mm -hmm. right? He offers help in all of these practical, tangible ways. And part of that, I think Ethan is missional, right? I think there's a missional element to that, that he is, um, revealing to them a, a taste of what it is to do life with him, a yeah. taste of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. uh, which is not all about health and wealth and whatever, but right. man, the kingdom of God has power. That's what Jesus's help is exactly. demonstrating. There is Absolutely. power in the kingdom of God um, that is unlike anything you've experienced anywhere else or can experience anywhere else, because that is where true power resides is in the kingdom of God. And so he's demonstrating himself to be almighty and powerful, over the forces of darkness, over nature itself, right? All of those things. But I think on another level too, sometimes we're guilty of um, just making God so practical in our minds that Mm -hmm. God just operates so practically and pragmatically in how he does things. Jesus just loves people, right? He Mm -hmm. sees hurt, sick, dying people it says so often that he's stirred within himself, that there's compassion that's stirred in him because Jesus just loves people. He hates to see the effects of sin on people, the brokenness that sin brings to people's lives, not just in the damaged relationships, but literally in the damage that is incurred in their bodies, in the hunger, in the sickness, in the whatever it is. Jesus just loves people, man. And so there's this compassion element to it too. There's something that's missional. I have power over over the forces of darkness and evil in this world. And the kingdom of God is where it's at, man. It's powerful. But then there's also this element that's like, I actually just really love these people. I think about Jesus before Lazarus's tomb when he weeps. Mm-hmm. He weeps as he sees, Jesus knows full, full well he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. There's no reason for everybody to be crying at this funeral. But Jesus cries because he see, he's watching the effect of death on everybody else, on the community, the ultimate power of sin. He's seeing its effect on everyone. And it brings him to this emotional state because Jesus loves people. And man, he is not okay with the devil just having a field day with people. Absolutely, man. Right? It is. It's beautiful. And and I think compassion itself is like, why have compassion, right? Uh, And then there's Jesus coming around, who's the God of the universe, who has compassion on his creation, has compassion on people, and just loves them, and cries with them. And it's like, wow, this is so different. This is so powerful. Yeah. And so now, you're absolutely right. It's missional. In the the way he lives his life, in the way he helps. And, and, I mean, ultimately... That's how we should live 
we should live missional. We should live with compassion. I think so often we can, again, going back to truth, yeah. truth without help, right? Uh, we can go back to this thing of head knowledge. We, we know so much about the Bible, but if we're not willing to share anything, we're not willing to share the gospel, man, we are, we are, we are wasting our time. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. Why, why, are we, why do we need to know so much if we can't apply it to our lives? And that's why it's so important for the Holy Spirit to be in our, to be in our heart, to really convict us yeah. and really help us be compassionate for others. Yeah. That's, that's why we need, we need help first. But we also need to be helpful. Yeah. 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 That's a great point, Ethan. And I think that's where this kind of lands, right? Is like, Mm -hmm. and I love the quote that was used from Pastor Tom of like, there's a lot of churches that are truthful, but not that many of them are helpful. And I love that HDC is committed to being helpful, Mm -hmm. helpful to our people, right? Like that's even what Tangible Takeaways is all about. We're here to help people apply what they hear on the weekend. That's what what we're here to do. Mm -hmm. And then even even beyond that, man, HDC is committed to being helpful to our community uh, and what we do for uh, schools and what we do for blood drives and, you know, all these different things that we do, uh, yeah. even for our county at the county level, we do things because we want to be helpful to our community. So mm-hmm. there's kind of those two layers. But with yeah. that, as the people of HDC, man, we right. want to embody as people, not just as the organization, we want to embody this value of helpful because we have experienced such great help from the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And honestly, for many of us coming to Christ was probably at the result of experiencing some of the help of God and his people, right? Like, and that's the whole nature of Oikos is experiencing God through relationships with people who have experienced him, right? Mm -hmm. It's experiencing God at these attributes of God, his truthfulness, his helpfulness through God's people as you interact with them. So how can I, Ethan, if I am not naturally disposed to compassion, if I'm not naturally disposed to looking at needs and saying, how could I meet those needs? How could I show up? How could I help? How can I grow in helpfulness? How can I embody yeah. this better? Yeah, no, I think first we need to understand God's will, right? His will is for everybody to be saved. That's that's his will. Second Timothy 2, 4, or First Timothy 2, 4. His will is for everybody to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. That's like the first thing before, be out, yeah. Beyond anything else, that's his will, is yeah. for every person to be saved. Now, we know, unfortunately, not everybody will be saved, but that is his will, yeah. is for us to go and m- make disciples. I mean, that's Oikos principle. Yeah. Ha- like, right that's what we're, so, we're, we're supposed to do. We're supposed to share the gospel. We're supposed to live and help those people. Um, and so we need to recognize his will is for people to be saved. His will is also for people to grow in salvation, um, to be sanctified, to be spirit-filled, um, to be submissive. And to really persevere through suffering, like those are five big things of God's will. And so we, to be able to help, we need to live in his will. Mm. Again, I know I'm just, I love Jonah. Yeah. One of my favorite books. Yeah, yeah. Jonah's disobedience is because he's out, he's going outside of God's will. He's Mm. trying to get away from God's will. And we cannot be like Jonah. Right. We cannot be like Jonah. We got to be servants who are obedient. Mm. that are going to live in his will yeah. and respond to his will. So his will, if his will is for people to be saved, then we need to recognize that and look for opportunities where we get to, to love on people in our life, to, yeah. to love on those same people who are experienced those same, the same kind of brokenness that 
the people in Jesus's time were experiencing. Because yeah. it's true, it, it hasn't changed. The brokenness of sin hasn't changed for those who are in sin. Yeah. Right. We have a hope. We have Christ. Uh, but for those who are outside, we need to recognize and have compassion and and really not pity, but compassion for those people. Yeah. I think that's the first thing is recognizing his will. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. And I even think, Ethan, of the example of Jonah, right? The whole yeah. motivation in him running is that he does not want to be helpful to a specific group of people. Yeah. Yeah. He's decided God wants to help these people, right? God right. wants to offer them something that they wouldn't be able to arrive to on their own, which is why he sends Jonah. Exactly. Jonah doesn't want to help, though, because he doesn't find them worthy of help, mm. right? But God does. Yeah. And so here's the interesting thing is I think, okay, let me, let me take that into my own life for a second. Man, are there people in my life that I just don't think are worthy of right. my time, effort, and energy. Because at the end of the day, help is a sacrifice, Yeah. right? We see that in the example of God mm-hmm. giving his own life through Jesus on the cross, right? Exactly, That's the yeah. ultimate help mm-hmm. given through the ultimate sacrifice. But any degree of help that you're going to offer somebody is going to be, it's not going to come out of a place of convenience. Like, oh, I just have such an abundance of time and money and resources. No, you don't. Like, you have limited time, you have limited money, you have limited resources. Any help that you offer anybody is going to be a sacrifice. So that means, Ethan, there are, there is a select group of people I'll sacrifice a lot for. Man, my wife, I just had a baby. I will sacrifice a ton for my family, right? Absolutely. So happy to do it, so willing to, not even really a thought for me. Mm -hmm. An annoying coworker somebody that I have to cross paths with on a regular basis that just bothers me, that we just don't see eye to eye. Now that's a different discussion, right? I am far less willing to offer the sacrifice of helpfulness to that person. And I think that's where where the rubber meets the road as to whether or not this is a value. Mm -hmm. And obviously we hold these things in tension, right? Like I can't just go endlessly giving and giving and giving and Mm -hmm. depleting everything that God has given me. But man, how do I, Ethan, in my life, how do I find needs in the lives of other people and meet them? Like, how do I, how do I bring that lens to relationships that I'm like looking at them and I say, man, there's a need. I, I want to go meet that need. Because I feel like, Ethan, I've seen you do this in a lot of different settings, um, whether it's in ministry with different mm-hmm. students and things going on in their families, or it's across ministries at our church. Yeah. Um, I just feel like you have this bent in you that when you see a need, you're like, man, let's hop in. Let's go, yeah. let's go meet that need. How do you kind of, how do you, is that instinctive for you? Do you have to think about it? Like yeah. what, what's kind of the process there? No, I think it is instinctive. Like just something that God has blessed me with. It's a gift that God has blessed me with. Um, and it really stems from being willing. Mm. Like just being willing to jump into any situation where you see, okay, this person is suffering or this person. Needs. I, I'm on the same boat where I, I recognize that I can't, take care of everybody's needs. Yeah. I, I cannot. Yeah. Um, and I think recognizing that is also huge. Yeah. And I think this is why the Oikos principle is so powerful yeah. because yeah, I can maybe you and I, we can go and reach maybe 10 people at max. Yeah. Right. Um, in a given time, but the people we reach, if they're reaching others and those people are reaching others, it just grows and grows and grows until where all, of, all of those people, can reach somebody yeah but you have to be willing to just jump into it and i and i know i think it's like it's harder for for some people to make connections with others yeah Um, you know i i think sometimes we have to just 
r recognize that and that's okay. Uh, but, but being willing to just jump into a, a situation is the way we need to go about things, right? Yeah. We need to have that compassion. Jesus didn't neglect people. Yeah. Whenever a situation popped up, uh, he jumped right into it. So present, man. He's so present. Yeah. Exactly. So and, willing to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't just. He wasn't. Exactly. He wasn't willing to get interrupted. He was willing to answer the person right then and there. I mean, as he's as he's headed to take care of a child who just died, a woman grabs <laughs> grabs at him. He he looks back and is wondering who grabbed him, who touched him, and everybody in the, in the crowd is looking at him like he's. Like he's crazy. Yeah. And he takes care of this woman. Yeah. In this one moment. And is willing to put everything and stop everything in that moment just to take care of this one woman who grabbed his his garment. And I think that is like so powerful that the fact that he's always present and he's always willing yeah. to jump into this into the situation. And I think that's how we ought to be as Christians, is to just jump into the situation when we feel and and yes, there are other, there are those times where we can be like Jonah, where we can be disobedient. When we feel the Spirit say, "Man, you need to to take care of this person. You need to talk to this person right now." Yeah. Let us be obedient and talk to that person. Have that conversation with that person. And you don't know if that's going to turn out to be a time where we get to share the gospel. It might not be. Yeah. Right. Some Paul said, "I planted, Apollo's watered." And, but God gave the growth. Yeah. Right? And so sometimes it's just jumping in to be a planner, yeah. to actually plant the gospel. Sometimes it's just for us to, to sh give a little bit of encouragement. Yeah. But only God can give the growth. Yeah. Ultimately. And so. helpfulness really does enhance that mission. Right. Like, and I would just encourage mm -hmm. anybody listening, if there is a, a somebody who's frustrating or difficult for you, or even go one step further, an enemy, a flat-out enemy, yeah. somebody that you just don't oh, like. Yeah. If you just start praying, God, would you help me be attentive to needs that I could meet? Because again, think about how God helps Israel, Jesus helps us, the Holy Spirit helps us. It's all needs-based, right? Mm -hmm. Needs prompt help, right? Yeah. So I, when I'm looking to be helpful, I'm looking for needs that can be met by me and my resources and what God's given me. Quite frankly, some are just too big. And sometimes that's an opportunity like, dude, let's go make a GoFundMe, let's raise funds. Other times it's like, that's just not for me to do. And that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't do everything. Again, like we've said. We can't, we can't do any, yeah. everything. We just can't. But I would really encourage people, start praying. God, would you help me to see the needs in the lives of these people, especially that I can't stand, that I have a hard time with relationally? I remember there was a time in high school I had a, a, a bully, I guess you could say, like a, a guy who was just a bit of a nuisance to me. And I was doing a, a, a school project and I chose to do it on the topic of David and Goliath uh, was kind of like the aim of my project. Yeah. And, um, and it was meeting all the criteria, but um, he felt like I was pushing religious propaganda down his throat. And so he was pretty hostile with me in class and, um, and outside of class too. And I remember he was, uh, he was a smoker and um, he got real sick at one point mm. and um, had a really bad cough. And I remember feeling prompted to just go get him some like lozenges, super simple, but there's a need, right? There's a bad cough. Yeah. He's not feeling well. And there's a simple, there's a simple way for me to meet that need. I didn't have to go take him to the doctor and pay his doctor's bills. I just, let me just go get him some lozenges. And can I tell you the amount of receptiveness that he had to me and to my presentation moving forward? 
um, opened him up to coming to church with me, yeah. opened him up to wanting to get to know this a little bit more, all because I just took a second to be helpful to somebody I didn't want to be helpful to. Right. Now, here's the thing. That was like four bucks for the gospel. Like, that's one of the best investments I've ever made. That is the best pack of throat lozenges I have ever bought. And it was so simple, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, man, when we embody this value of helpful, look for these needs in the lives of people, especially Mm. people that are frustrating for us, and start to see the work that God is going to do through it. Because that kind of helpfulness, the helpfulness we have access to because of how helpful God has been to us when we didn't deserve it, that kind of helpfulness, it catches people's attention and it it serves to advance the gospel. Yeah, no, I think I and I think it's amazing because the people usually I think that the people that we do not get along with or the people that we are frustrated with or or we just cannot see eye to eye with or or frustrate us, those sometimes are the most powerful moments where we can have the most powerful way of reaching that person in a moment where we are willing just to be compassionate. Yeah. We're willing to be helpful. Sometimes those are the most powerful moments we can be helpful because those are those people, they may see us the same way. They yeah. may look at the way you look at someone m- might be the exact same way they look at you. Yeah. Back. And so sometimes that is powerful in itself to say, man, that person who I've not liked yeah. just reached out to me and took care of me when no one else was there to help me. It's like the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Right. The good Samaritan goes and helps this Jewish man when no one else, and the priest wasn't willing to do it. No one else was willing to go and take care of him. It was a Samaritan yeah. who came and had compassion on him. Yeah. And I think Jesus gave us an example for for multiple reasons, uh, but that is one of those reasons that sometimes it's the people that we dislike yeah. that are the people that we need to go to. Yeah. Jonah, again, people that he disliked the most, the people that he had no hope in Nineveh is the people he refused to go to. Yeah. And when God ultimately brought him back, he reaches those people and those people repent. Yeah. They really do yeah. repent from their sins. And Jonah obviously gets upset. That's besides the point. But that is a, a, a use of just, uh, or just a powerful story of where someone who's who's willing to go yeah eventually he really wasn't willing to go but um reaching someone that he disliked the most yeah was so so much more powerful than what he would have done if he would have been used to just preach to the israelites yeah stick where he's comfortable if he he sticks with where he's comfortable nothing's going to happen yeah right and i think sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zone to reach people yeah that we may not like yeah we may be frustrated with yeah. We may not see eye to eye politically or what, whatever it is. Sometimes those are the people we need to reach. Yeah. Because those are certainly the people that Jesus is reaching. Yeah. From no, all the New that's Testament. Good. That's good. And and hopefully that's been an encouraging conversation for you to go out and to live out this virtue of helpfulness, this core value. Um, and hopefully this has even been a helpful conversation uh, and encouraging some of that in you. As always, don't forget to drop a comment there. Maybe let us know uh, some way that you are leaning into helpful this week, um, how you're going to do that in your relational world. Don't forget to like the video, uh, share it with a friend and subscribe so that you get updates about future videos as well. With that said, that's all we've got for this week of Tangible Takeaways. We'll catch you next week on Tangible Takeaways.